Quest Nation, thank you for tuning into the Love Quest podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go. We have been qualified to produce, we have been qualified to spread it, we have been qualified to receive it. Lord, we thank you. We will not take the privilege of receiving the gospel in vain. And so we thank you tonight, Lord, that tonight will be a fruitful night, an explosive night, a a night of revelation, but also comprehension. Lord, may we comprehend at a high capacity and at a high level. Let us comprehend, let us see like sons and daughters. Lord, we ask through your Holy Spirit that you unlock mysteries tonight. And that we will not take for granted the things that you are about to unlock, unravel, and unfold in our hearts tonight. We declare that we are good ground and we will forever give you glory. We declare in advance, Lord, that we will produce from the seed sown tonight. We receive it and we believe it in Jesus' name. By faith, we bless you. Amen. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and say, you are so blessed to be sitting next to me tonight. Look to your other neighbor and say, I think you picked the best seat in the house. It's right next to me. Can we give it up for our streaming audience, the people that are streaming? Awesome. That was half the people. Can we give it up for our streaming audience one time? Um, I'll start off by saying an open mouth in the kingdom is an open door on earth. Yeah, it is. It really is. An open mouth is an open door. And it is very hard to walk into the things of God without opening your mouth for God. And so when we're talking about praise, when we're talking about pop culture, um, while I'm looking for this, uh, well, while you're looking for this, um, or while, while I'm saying this, um, if you guys can pull up, there we go. If you guys could go ahead and pull up for me really quickly, Colossians chapter four, start at verse five. I'll take it in the TPT. Um, The word of God is the greatest gift that mankind could ever have in its vocabulary. The word of God is the most valuable gift in your vocabulary. I got a buddy, I got a buddy, Miles, he's coming out with a song on uh, Friday. I forget what it's called. Who? Sober. Right. And this whole idea of like how people that speak life are uh, kind of clowned, like it's not cool to speak life. Right. You only can turn up when you're being degraded, women. 
There's a lot of you women in here, young women especially, you like, you'll listen to the music that absolutely degrades you. <laughs> because sonically the music goes. But what's, what, what is it not in you that's saying, uh-uh, you're not just going to talk about the gender I represent like that. Right, you you you're not you're not just gonna talk to me that way, right? Or about me that way, or about another human that way, or about the life that I am living that way. But then, if somebody comes up, you notice how fatigued we get when we hear words of life. Yeah. I mean, it's like Christian hip hop is corny to some, but the rock and roll that's That's like, yeah. What is it in us that we're allergic to life? Zoe. What is it in us that is so attracted to death that we will blast it? We will spread the news about it? And we will even believe what it says about us and life. We would be more hopeless if we cut secular news out of our lives. Colossians. I want to read this really quick. Walk in the wisdom of God. What does that say? As you live before the unbelievers and make it your duty to make him known. Ooh. It didn't say, if you have time, make him known. If you feel like it, make him known. Now, who might he be talking to? I'm not talking about the character. I'm talking about who is he talking to? The church. Say, that's me. He says, <laughs> Make it your duty. Question, do you make it your duty to make him known? Ah, don't feel condemned, don't feel bad, don't close your eyes, don't look the other way. Do you make it your duty to make him known? Do you think of creative ways to make him known? Right, do you live a life excited, waiting for an opportunity to share Jesus? And when I say share Jesus, I'm not talking about open your Bible and read a scripture to somebody. I'm talking about tell your testimony of how jacked up you used to be. You don't even, you don't ever, ever have to mention Jesus' name if you carry his presence and his presence is all over your conversation. That's why some people say, man, how do you, how do you talk, what do you talk about in, in secular schools? Life? Wisdom, but I carry the presence of God. And then at the end of the assembly, I say, do anyone have any questions? 100% of the time, someone says, what made you change? Oh, well, since you asked. Because <laughs> everybody is interested in how do you change? 
That's why people are New York bestsellers, because we all read books to try to find how to change. We put the Bible aside and we go find some person we see on YouTube that it looks like they've changed because their business is booming. Or some athlete, but when it comes down to it, no real change can happen aside from the one who died for your change. No real change. Real change. I'm talking about if the truth shall set you free, you're free indeed. I'm talking about indeed change. I'm not talking about kind of change and I'm going to go to my grave with this. I'm talking about forever, ever changing. Like, like if you're alive today, why would you ever stop wanting to change? Why would you ever allow pride to stop you at a certain place? You're like, this is me and I'm just going to go to the grave like this. That's fun. What's really fun is waking up every day facing things that do need to be changed. And by this time next year, I'm going to have five more things changed. And guess what? I'm going to be a newer person. I'm going to have a body I never had. I'm gonna, well, maybe when I was, you know what I'm saying, in college. I'm going to have a vocabulary I never had. I'm going to have a marriage I never had. Right? We keep on seeking all these new adventures and what's next, but look right in your, your, right before you, you can experience increase in greatness by just purging something. You don't need another new thing. You don't need another vacation before you need to get rid of that stronghold, before you need to walk in forgiveness. Uh, he says, let every word you speak. So we saw the first part. What did it say? What was the key point? Make it your duty to what? Make Jesus known. Then the next part, part says, let every word you speak be drenched. What does drenched mean? Soaked, saturated, dripping. With what? Grace and tempered with truth and clarity. Oh. I'm not sending double messages to people. I'm not causing people to scratch their head and be like, wait a minute. Didn't you just invite me to church? Ain't you on the worship team? Wait a minute, aren't you married? Wait a minute, didn't I just see you praying for somebody at church? Why are you cussing me out? He said, let every word be spoken that is spoken drenched with grace. Here's what you got to understand what praise is. It's that. Praise is, is it's, it's words drenched in grace because it's all about grace. Grace is a person, if you didn't know. Not her, but grace is a person. His name is Jesus. So when I live a lifestyle of praise, I live a lifestyle of speaking life. And if I can keep Jesus in my mouth, then nothing but blessing will surround me. For then, say then, you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. Wait a minute. So how I speak on a regular has to do how I respond when it comes to being a witness. All right, all right, all right.
Okay. All right. So I'm going to deviate from pop culture just tonight, and I'll jump back into it Sunday. I want to I go back to recipe for revival. It's, it's, it because because yeah, you, you notice revival's popping up everywhere, all over the place. Revival nights, revival albums, revival books, everybody. God's doing something in the earth. And I'm so glad I don't got to travel. More, more than anything, I don't want to travel because I don't want to miss out. But I also understand that there's a duty to carry revival. But what I do understand is after revival week and the 21 days of fasting, if I was really in your business and asking how life has been from revival week to today, I'm pretty sure 100% of the people can say that thing you thought you screamed out, left, threw up, spit, yelled out, prayed away, you probably have some level of wrestle with that thing. How many people since the revival, you still notice you got work to do? She lying right there. Tap on the shoulder. Shut up. She lying. She lying. <laughs> Look, come on. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you now, if you if you free indeed, like if you don't, if your work is done, then man, keep your head down and just ask Jesus to come get you. Okay. Ain't it funny how you can get delivered, but you still gotta wrestle. Here's the biggest lie in the world: is because you wrestling, you didn't get free. But what if I told you the picture looked like before your hands was tied so you couldn't fight? And what freedom looks like is your hands are free, now you can fight. Now you can throw them things, right? Come on, say I'm free indeed. Right, we got work to do and for, for, for the rest of our lives, we will have to renew the spirit of our mind, the Bible says, daily. It's a daily assignment, it's a daily task to face it. To face it, okay? If you're praying prayers, Jesus, take it away. <laughs> and you're not doing no work. Let me tell you something. It ain't going nowhere. And he could do anything. Anything. But as long, this is the part we have to, we're looking for eternal, to, eternal results. When we're not in eternity yet, although eternity is in us, there's other realms that have legal right to the world you live in. So as long as you're in this world, you're going to have to wrestle between life and death. And this is the beauty of the gospel is there's a day coming where the wrestle is over. If that don't excite you. <laughs> the wrestle is over. The last thing that has to be dealt with is death. Death has no sting because it has no final say. But we still got to die. That, that's something that, we, that everybody think about, but it's so surreal you can't even talk about it. It's like, huh? 
I, I don't feel death is, has no power. But you can't, just like you wasn't thinking about being born. Right. <laughs> you just showed up and was like, what's up? I'll go over a couple things and then we'll, 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 we'll get in, but I want to get into this recipe for revival. It's not God's intent to have just a few people. I want us to be reminded because if we're going to keep the fire burning, we can't just pop culture without popping in fire logs, right? We got to keep stoking the fire. We got to keep it lit and we got to forever be reminded what it takes to keep the fire lit. It's not God's intent to have just a few people burn for him. Be glory carriers or be kingdom runners. It is not God's intent. It's not God's intent to have just a few hot spots around the world where you got to fly to experience revival. There's no church in driving distance, let alone walking distance, to find a place that's on fire for Jesus. I think that's Jesus' goal, that the whole earth be on fire. At least there's one embassy in every part of the earth that's on fire. It's not God's intent. His church struggles sustaining or facilitating revival as glory increases and the move of God evolves. It's not his intent that we cannot facilitate revival. We should not be shocked when the glory does what he promised it will do. When sons and daughters come, we should not be shocked when the place is full. We should not be shocked when we spread throughout the lower mainlands. We should not be shocked when we plant ourselves across the country. We shall not be shocked when people get healed. We should not be shocked. We should be in awe. We should be in wonder, but we should not be like, wow, you really did what you, I didn't even think you was going to do it. We should not be shocked when nations come to our light, as Isaiah 60 says. Nations will come to your light, kings to your sunburst brightness. This is why we got to let it shine. We got to let it shine so people know. It's like, hey, we're, 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 hope is here. You know, you know the, little, the, little, the, little, the little blow up thing? <laughs> Right? The world with commercials. How many times you see the same commercial? What are they doing? They in your head so much you go, you go to the grocery store and you looking at all these deodorants. And then something automatically takes you to Old Spice. Right, and then there's a generation that loves acts. <laughs> now you gotta understand what I just said. It's lighthearted, it's funny. With all these options in the world, all these religions in the world, all these spiritual 
options, places to get love and life and light. <laughs> Are we like Old Spice? Are we like when people are searching, they automatically are drawn to us because we're like, hey, the light is bursting. Or are you still looking for the light? He says what? Look up. Look around. Watch as they gather. Watch as they approach you. Do you see the harvest coming? Or are you busy about you? He says, hey, hey, he hello, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Your son's coming from great, great distances. Your daughter's carried by their nannies. When you see them coming, you'll smile, big smiles. Your heart will swell and yes, it will burst. All those people returning by sea for the reunion. I, I love this picture because if you really practically go and understand how immigration is happening in this country, specifically this region, man, immigration is crazy here. Do you know how many people are flooding greater Vancouver? Do, do you know that? So, see, this is what God is saying, look up. You should probably be aware of where people are moving like city planners. A great developer has great relationship with city planners because the city is determining where people go, what kind of people, economic classes. So churches should have a developer's mindset. Where are they building schools? Right, we're just trying to find the cheapest home or the cheapest building, but no, 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 no. We need to put a building, no matter what the cost is, we're going to make it back because in two to three years, do you see 5,000 people moving across the street? That's going to need hope. So when, see, this is my mindset. Say pastor's mindset. Okay, my mindset is when I read something like this, and he says, sons coming from great distances. When I look at how many people, where people are from or at buying the condos here. These are people who aren't here. Coming from afar, sending sons and daughters. People are escaping from war. People are moving for a better opportunity to live. Being poor here is better than being poor some other places across the world. So when I read sons and daughters are coming, I look at the, uh, the, 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 the immigration laws here. I look at immigrants. I look at, I look at refugees. I look at the movement of people, souls. And when I see sons coming, I look at those apartments. And before people even get there, we should be praying around all those apartments. Okay, okay. What I do understand is every 100% of every person that move in those condos are a son and a daughter. Some of us may not look at that because we think you got to be a Christian to be a son and a daughter. 
No, a Christian is a redeemed son and a daughter. <laughs> How do you see people? How do you see your coworkers? You just trying to make money? Is it about the bottom line? Is that your boss or is that a son? Yeah, is, that, is your spouse a son or a daughter or is that your spouse? It might be easier to honor spouses when you understand that that's God's child before it's your spouse. So touch not my anointing works for your spouse too. Hallelujah. Laodicean church. The Laodicean church. This is a church in the book of Revelations really quickly that I refuse to be like. But it does represent, I believe, this region. It's the next slide. The Laodicean church um, no, you might need to download again. I don't know. This was a, but the Laodicean church, it's immediately after the Isaiah 60 slide. <clears throat> the Laodicean church, they were a full church, packed out church, but educated, rich, no needs, not too much needs. Now for you, you may have needs, and then there's people in the world that have needs. <laughs> right? So when you like, oh, I got needs. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about you have needs that you chose to have. Because you wanted to live somewhere so that you have a need. Or you wanted to have kids, so you have a need. Or you wanted to start the business, so you have a need. I'm talking about needs. The church of Laodicea had grown lukewarm and useless. Their selfish focus on wealth and culture kept them from living in purpose in this life. But Jesus offered them a second chance, and I swear I feel like God has given his church another chance. You know, the believers that feel like the pandemic was God judging the earth, man, stop. Stop. If he was judging the earth through the pandemic, he'd been judging the earth because there's been, like, you know what I mean? There's all kind of pandemics. There's, you know, the indigenous people, there's some pandemics there. It just depends on what we want to make an emergency. But Jesus offered them a second chance and he wanted a relationship with them again. And that relationship would put the church back on mission. Hey, uh, turn the heater off. This is why people are falling asleep. It's not because I'm not exciting to listen to. Right. Cold is good. Do church in an ice bath. <laughs> I 
Here's, here's my question to you. Let's ask a very hard question. Are you a lukewarm Christian? I'm, and and, and I, don't want, I don't want, I want you to answer what you think Jesus would say. Not what you say. Because the only way you can stay lukewarm for so long is because you don't really think you're lukewarm. You just think, no, nah, I'm just chill. I don't need to do all that. And, 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 and being on fire for Jesus doesn't mean you are, it doesn't mean that you're charismatic because there's charismatic people that are lukewarm. <laughs> right? So, one thing I learned about Lukewarm, charismatic people is their fire burn out quick. So you just watch them over a few years, they'll, they'll chill out. They'll disappear, they'll, you know what I mean, they'll get caught up in some stuff. Are you lukewarm? Now, the way you can really judge your lukewarmness, forget Sunday and Wednesday. I don't think Jesus is judging how we do Sunday and Wednesday. How's your life? You get tired of talking about Jesus? Is it hard to praise him outside of Sunday and Wednesday? Are you, are you, lukewarm? Are you drawn to do more for Jesus? Are you drawn to represent him? Are you drawn to carry the torch? Are you tired? Maybe some of you have been in church for a long time and you think you've seen everything. You think you've heard everything. Guess what? If you think you've seen everything and heard everything, you have because you've shut off hearing anything new. So it ain't God ain't speaking something new. It's just you don't want to hear it because you think you've heard everything. So if you're that person, you are lukewarm. I don't even know if you're lukewarm. You might be just cold. Right, if you find yourself very critical and, and, and somebody gotta, gotta speak a certain way or a certain word or they gotta intellectually stimulate you, yeah, you look warm. Right, when it's not just about, when it's not just about God, give me a word. When it's not just about God, I wanna encounter you today. If you have to have control, it's lukewarm. Right, if you hold in fire, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't got no control. When you hold in fire, he, he, uh, 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 um, he, he says it this way: I tried. I want to shut up. I don't want to keep proclaiming your word, Jesus, but I can't because it's like fire shut up in my bones. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Even when I want to chill out, I can't because the fire consumes me. If you can control Jesus, if you, look, if you can control the temperature, you lukewarm. There is plenty, and I won't say plenty of time, that where I'm, I'm, it's not I don't want to come up here, I'm just tired too. But when I say, Lord, have your way, I just want the people. I'm after the souls. And that fire just kicks in and you like, man, he always passionate. <laughs> Coffee helps sometimes. <laughs> it ain't always the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hold the coffee get me started though. 
The Lord is challenging hearts in these days. It's time to shine our lights as a demonstration of salvation. Isaiah 55 says, hey there, all who are thirsty come to the water. Are you penniless? Come anyway. Buy and eat. Come, buy your drinks, buy wine and and milk, buy without money. Everything's free, just come. Right in a world where you got it, you spending for peace. Man, I love Scandinavia. But after $400? (laughs) And by the time you drive through the little windy road, it's beautiful. Say what you want to say to hype it up. But you just left $400 down there. That's why I went and got my own little cold bath bucket. (laughs) I'm working on me getting me a little sauna. And we gon' we gon' nah, but like the the stuff we spend money on for a moment of inner peace, an external view that will bring us a moment of calm, only to fly back home and enter the same chaos. You just didn't have to go to work for three weeks because th- what happened is you you got away from the chaos. You didn't get delivered from the chaos. (laughs) Getting away, taking a break. He didn't die for you to take a break from chaos. So buy without money, everything is free. Say free. Why do you spend your money on junk food? Am I talking to anybody? Hallelujah. Why are you spending your money on junk food? (laughs) Your hard-earned cash on cotton candy. Oh, you, you, with the kids, the kids will get us on some junk food. Listen to me, listen well, eat only the best. Right, if you're going to get peace, get the best. And then go on vacation and experience calm. But that's a waste of money if you spend money to go somewhere. You notice how you couldn't bottle the Bahamas? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You went three weeks and folks were just bringing you coconuts and pineapple juice and (laughs) then you got on that old musty airplane and immediately got an attitude. And now everything that you took off is starting to put itself back on. Right? Because you didn't necessarily get real peace. You just got a break from the chaos. So eat only the best. Fill yourself with only the finest. Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. And what I do feel is this thing down here. That many people are spiritually malnourished. So when accountability comes, when an extended service comes, (laughs) we... (laughs) 
We can't handle anything beyond because it's junk food in your system. Right? You still some of us still on, 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 on a milk diet and not meat. You need some spiritual protein. Right? It's not only, okay, I'm going to sit in service for an extended amount of time. It is, can you stay focused and dialed in? Man, I remember, I tell this story all the time. I was in a, in a, a church gathering. I forget. It was before the pandemic. Um, I was sitting in there with um, our pastor back home. And um, anybody ever heard of, uh, despite the controversy around the name, Kenneth Copeland um, Ministries, um, you get to a certain age and you've done a certain amount of work and you've accomplished so when you go to certain pulpits you just ain't no time clock you see it, you see the time clock keep running off and then the media team reset it every time <laughs> I kid you not after praise and worship and announcements all this man was talking and it, he was just in the middle of what he was talking about. It was about an hour and a half past. And he was nowhere near the end. And I remember the Lord. I looked around. He said, look around. I looked around and there's people who left. There was so much restlessness. You saw people start getting on their phone. Like a, like a kid that don't eat well. They, they just can't. And the Lord says, just keep focused. And that was a moment I really understood how God proves his people. How sometimes miracles, not sometimes, but a lot of times miracles cost sacrifice and waiting. And it was crazy, almost half of the people left and at the, towards the end of the service, the spirit broke out. And those that waited on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. <laughs> and, 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 and when you're malnourished, you can't wait. This is why sometimes being a part of a longer service Sometimes you're saying, okay, I'm exercising today. I am trying to increase my capacity. I remember, man, we've been, I've, I've had my wife, I've had the elders, I've had people, man, I used to apologize for going longer. And God said, it was almost like God said, apologize one more time. <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lord. But it was an insult. Number one, I apologize. The moment I apologize, I made it about me. <laughs> Number two, when I apologize, I, in, I, I almost handicapped people who God was trying to do something in. Right, like I'm, I'm work out today, right? And, 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 and what... It's not new, but it's new to some people, but it's like, it's time under tension, which brings greater results 
then heavy under, uh, 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 uh. You can do six reps if you do six reps with some resistance and do it slow. Time, I say time under tension. I'm gonna say it again. Say time under tension. Ain't that James one? Let patience have its perfect work. So in the end, you don't, the question is, is when you begin to get anxious and distracted, it requires more focus. Mind you, do not mistake the sacrifice of focus. God knows you tired. It's just like, I don't know what to call it. All you smart, healthy people and, and health coaches and Pastor Daniela and, and you and all the other people that help people with their bodies. It's like, what am I telling my muscle when it's fatigued, tired, and want to give up? When I lock in and focus and I, and I push through and I make it do what it do. What, 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 am I, what, what signal am I sending? I'm overriding, right? And I'm stepping into a part of me that is available, but rarely touched. Right? I forget who it was. I think it was Pastor Dillon saying about, there's a part that we wonder how people, we call people geniuses. But, but how about we just call geniuses people that tap into the places others are too afraid to tap into? We, we call people great and goats, but goats just do longer and consistently what people do rarely, barely, and ever so often. But we admire, we buy books for people. Stop buying the book if you're not going to do what they did. you buying the book to try and find something in there that you can and then uh, as soon as it's like oh, I can't do all that you just wasted some money you, you see how you're a crackhead you are a spiritual crackhead you are walking around the street looking for just a quick little hit <laughs> spiritual crackhead you're just looking for a quick little quick little hit and, and what 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 happens with what happens with with crack? Uh, you just you just keep me to you keep chasing the high. So you come to church and you just like, huh? and if it ain't your song, if it ain't your you don't. You. So then some folks they go to another church because they looking for a hit. You get what I'm saying? Right, or you don't come to Wednesday, or you don't come to the morning service. Or you, but man, somebody that's really working out their, 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 their muscle, it's like for a season, I might double down and go in the morning. I'm going in to eat because I'm working out. Right, I, I got to work out. I'm honest with myself. I don't have a great capacity. I went to a church that just gave me milk, man. And I've got to a church where there's meat. Man, man you take me somewhere with some chicken wings. All you can eat chicken wings? chicken wings all you can eat steak I'm, you're right right we just playing the violin on that steak we yeah we eating steak all night 
Come on. If we are going to sustain revival, we must remain in a posture that is time under tension. We must learn how to keep that, that, that tension. We tension is good, and we're always trying to be relieved from tension instead of entering into healthy tension. Right? So there's a tension. Ooh, there's a tension between I want to get home, I want to relax, I want to get ready for Sunday or for Monday, or I can stay. That's a tension. But here's the sacrifice. On Saturday night, I'm going to iron my clothes for Monday. I'm going to meal prep. So on Sunday, I'm just going to church. I'm coming home. I'm cooking Sunday meal. Oh, I'm going to take a lunch. You take lunch to work, take lunch to church. You ain't going to catch me hungry on no extended service. Listen, if you sacrifice coming to a 530 service and I see you eat and pull out your lunch bag, look, come on, I might pull out a lunch bag. God is not mad at you. Right? You're increasing your capacity. Right? If you find bike riders, Doug, P. Deal, something, you, you ride bikes. You got the tights, you a real bike rider. <laughs> you got the tights. You got the tights. Right? But when these guys go, when hikers go, they, they, they go with little snacks and, and electrolyte bites and, and, and jelly and, and, and granola bars and all kinds of, so they can keep going. Right, they're going, to, they pack to go the distance. And in life, you gotta, you gotta understand, you're in a long distance race. And the race doesn't end. You just hand off the baton. So when you hand off the baton, you got to hand off some granola bars. You got to hand off some electrolyte packets. You got to hand off a backpack with some hooks on it and some rope on it. You're not just handing off some money. You got to hand off endurance and faith and patience and kindness. Right? May our generation inherit the ability to live under tension. Lord, Lord, like, like nobody can live off of Doritos. Right? Go into a community. Where when you go into a poverty-stricken community, you see fast food restaurants, you see number grease. Or you see hair grease, you see chicken grease. You, 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 <laughs> just go and grease up the whole hood. Just <laughs> hey, 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 listen. But when you see children. Like when we see these commercials and you see Mal, it's like spiritually speaking, God is calling his children to upgrade their diet and their capacity because we're heading to a place, first of all, in eternity, it's all we going to do. We're going to be in the presence of the word and we're going to just worship. And we're just going to live in joy and in celebration. But man, the world is going to get darker and worse. 
And what are we leaving the next generation when it comes to ability and capacity? Do they know faith? Can they carry the gospel far enough to hand it to the generation after them? He said, only eat the best. Fill yourself with only the finest. Pay attention, come close now, listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. Jesus says it this way, that my nourishment is to do the will of the Father. What, what makes him strong and healthy and courageous and joyful, his key ingredients is doing the will of the Father. Mission, souls, witnessing, soul winning, disciple making. Being relentless and diligent is the price of revival. Relentless, never letting up. It's the price of revival. You know what, I wanna throw this radical statement out right now. This is a radical statement, okay? Radical, super radical. Sorry, babe. <laughs> radical statement. I just want to hear from you guys, whether it's an email, whether it's a DM. If you're like, man, this church is needed in this town or city. Right? When you drive through cities and when you have family, do you, are, are you like, come to Love Quest? And they're like, man, I... I can't make it. I wish I lived there. Because whether it's five years from now, three years from now, this church will, will spread throughout this country. And we'll be very strategic. We'll be very strategic, but what I do know is we have something that's not in the market here and if it is, it needs to be more, right? We put it like this. We don't have many churches that look like Canada. You get what I'm saying? I know God didn't anoint us just to, so I'm just very interested. There's people that drive from Vancouver, there's people that drive from Abbotsford, there's people that drive from Chilliwack, there's people that drive from Langley, there's people that drive from Richmond, there's people that, and there's people that visit and they're like, man, if this was closer to me, I would. Y'all know people like that, right? I, I, I just wanna start conversations. I, want, I just wanna, like, when, 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 when the prophet said it's go time, there's another place in the scripture where the man of God gets a word and he says, do what's in your heart. And when I get the word go time, I feel like the Lord is saying, love quest. Do what's in your heart. Doesn't mean be stupid. It doesn't mean just move zealously. But there's conversations that need to begin to happen. Because there are people that need to be equipped. We forget the other part of our vision. Mobilized. And when I look at the caliber of people God sends, we have a lot of conversations where people come and say they're dry and gifted. <laughs> That's a bad combination, dry and gifted. 
That's like having some nice legs and just being ashy all the time. <laughs> Hallelujah, just moving right along. The fire shall be burning continually. Say continually. What does it say? It shall not go out. Fire is meant to what? You said that, huh? Who said spread? You said that. You said that. Hallelujah. Fire is meant to spread. Hey, we got to have some giveaways. Okay, so in services, when we ask questions and people answer them, we have some giveaways, okay? Yeah, we got cafe. We got a free, free roll, a free Danish for you. Okay, hallelujah. There we go. All right. After that, not, no, she doesn't count. She doesn't count. We, that was a trial right there. Now go ahead. Go ahead. Get, she, she be back there eating the sweets anyway from the cafe. Hurry in, Laura. Laura be back there. Laura ain't never working. If you see Laura at the... Yeah, Laura wait for somebody to pay for it, and then she'll be... The brownie would be 150. She'd be like, that'll be three dollars, please. <laughs> Hallelujah. Really quickly, really quickly. So for revival. The number one ingredient, the number one ingredient is brokenness. Say brokenness. <laughs> brokenness. I don't know if people intentionally create a place that's safe for brokenness. Right, a part of leadership is helping you get to your broken place. If I can't help you get to a vulnerable place, what's the point of building trust? Blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy. And do you see this? Do you see this? Spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. Oh my, oh, oh my, hallelujah. <laughs> Did you guys see this? Spiritually prosperous, blessed. This word blessed means happy. We get that from praise and rejoice. To be envied, you will get haters being blessed. And spiritually prosperous some people are like oh darn no but what you don't understand Ephesians 1 3 says that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places so if you want to be all around blessed then pursue this this is why he's telling you right here you're blessed redefine what's blessed to you blessed is having joy yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation. Look, this is the key regardless of the outward condition. This is revival. It says, are the poor in spirit, the humble who rate themselves insignificant. Now let me be clear to you. This is not you walking around saying I'm not worthy. I'm toe up from the flow up. In Jesus' name. No, 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 no. This is not you having a poor image of yourself. This is putting you in proper perspective to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, without Jesus, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Your inheritance. The, the, if you... Um, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at what? Hand. So you inherit that kingdom that John the Baptist was speaking of by allowing yourself to be broken. Stop trying to hold yourself up together. Stop trying to be your own spine. A bunch of glued together pieces. Instead of saying, God, I've been hurt, I'm jacked up, I've hurt some people, I've seen a lot, I have trauma in my life, I can't hold it together no more. One thing you should never get to your last days regretting, and that is not allowing yourself to walk in freedom. If you lived a good life of praise and celebration and joy and thanksgiving and giving and serving and loving and man, you have done you and the earth real well. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Psalm 51 says, purify my conscience, Lord. Make this leper clean again. Wash me in your love until I am pure in heart. Satisfy me in your sweetness and my song of joy will return. You see this heart of like, God, I need you. The places you have crushed within me will rejoice in your healing. See, 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 revival is a place where you allow the Lord to crush. Where you come to a humble place of yourself and say, God, from this day forward, I need you. I will live at your altar. He says, the places you have crushed, you've only crushed them to heal them. There's some, there's some, there's some, some for some, is it a horse? Is it a, is it some animal? You got to break it. You got to break it. Right? You got to break it. You got to break it to build it. He said, your healing touch, hide my sins from your face. You see, this is a, like God, I know. He says, erase all my guilt by your saving grace. Keep creating in me a clean heart. He says, fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires. 
ready to please you. Right, this, this is key right here. A heart that is ready to please the Lord at all times is at all times ready to repent. This is the posture of a repentant heart. May you never reject me. May you never take from me your sacred spirit. Let my passion for life be restored. Tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me. Do you see what I'm saying? Every breakthrough, every small, big, every moment of breakthrough, every moment of growth. May I have joy. Hold me close to you with a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. Then I can show other guilty ones how loving and merciful you are. They will find their way back home to you knowing that you will forgive them. Did you see what did you see? Do you live a life reflecting grace? He said, if I could just be restored, I will show others and they will come back to you because they know they'll be restored too. This is what it means to just share your story, man, and be happy about it. Have you found grace? Are you satisfied? Oh God, my saving God, deliver me fully from every sin, even the sin that brought blood guilt. Then my heart will once again be thrilled to sing the passionate songs of joy and deliverance. I want you to keep this in context, okay, people? Dave, he is asking something. Blood had not been shed for him yet. <laughs> Everything he is asking for has been restored for us through Jesus. So our prayers don't necessarily have to even look like this because in the blood of Jesus, he did all this. David, he just put words to it, but everything he is asking God to do and not to do, Jesus did it. So where he says, Lord, unlock my lips, when he says, he says, then my heart will once again be thrilled to sing the passionate songs of joy. He's talking about praise. So we should be praising like he said he will if. Because his if is our is. Right, right. He has healed me. He has given me qualified lips to speak his word. And I am an overcome. He said, and I will overcome with my joyous what? He said he'll overcome what? With his joyous praise. He'll overcome with what? His joyous praise. He'll overcome with what? His joyous praise. Jesus had not yet come and died. We're on the other side of this prayer. <laughs> For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance. For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance. For the source of your pleasure is not, you see this brokenness, Lord. I know I gotta do what I do skillfully and obediently but that's not where our relationship lies it doesn't lie in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer to you the fountain of your pleasure 
is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. It's not in what I can do for him. It, can, I, can I put it this way? Can I put it this way? This is going to sound... This, this, it's not what I can do for him. This is the kind of God he is. It's not what I can do for him. It's what I will let him do for me. This, this is, this, the Lord is saying, let me heal you. But unless a seed go into the ground and what? Die. It's not about what I can do for him. We serve a God that says, I just want to love you. Right? I just want you to, I just want to hold you. Right? It's like you go to your kids and the beautiful thing about why, we, I think a part of why we don't want them to ever get older is because when they get older, they like, uh, leave me alone. Don't touch me. I don't want to hug. But when they was a baby, you did and they were just like, and then they get older, and then they're like, ew. And I'm like, I changed your diapers. You peed on me. (laughs) And what in our lives? have caused us to look at God when he tries to hug us like, ew. Like you're, un- you're uncomfortable with a grace embrace. Right, it's better to get someone to touch you versus letting the word touch your heart. It's better to have a conversation about what's going on in the world than to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit about what heaven is planning for you and everything around you. You rather hear somebody text you, say, I love you. You rather see a heart emoji than to receive an imprinted kiss and hug of grace on your heart. It's a lot more tangible. It's easy. But the Lord said the key to revival is will you allow yourselves to be broken before me and will you let me love you? Will you let me guide you? Will you let me lead you? Then I'll close with this second one. Second ingredient is hunger and thirst. So the first one is brokenness, but then it it is the skill, it is the intentionality of remaining hungry and thirsty and not looking for fulfillment in other places. God does not mind if other things fulfill you. You get what I'm saying? But what he wants to do is he wants to be first. Say first. Say only. God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you my God right I hear two songs and I hear love sick and then I hear more no that is in there my God my God I need no that's two separate songs right right I need you now such yearning grips my soul for you the, the you know songs like um, um, I need thee like hymns were burst out of slavery 
But somehow we don't forget, we for, somehow we forget that as certain people on this earth was in slavery, all man was in slavery to the enemy. So you may not be in slavery because of being a colored person or being an Asian person or, be, or whatever the case may be, but, but um, don't get it twisted. Being oppressed is slavery. Being bound is slavery. So to keep this posture of God, I need you. Even when I get increase and breakthrough, guess what? I need thee. When I get my new spouse, I need thee. When I get the job promotion, I need thee. And after you've gotten what you've gotten, can you still keep the same hunger and thirst when you didn't have it? This is why you find God always reminding people, hey, when I bring you through, don't forget. And then he don't only say don't forget, he also says tell the next generation. May what I've done for you be an altar, a, memori a, a memorial forever. See, you overcoming only creates the catalogs of testimonies you hand off to the next generation. The next generation needs to hear more, more than about Moses. They need to hear more than about Paul. They need to hear, they need to see some books you wrote to the church. Right. They need to hear some songs you wrote, not just go back to the book of Psalms. Right, because it's going to be a generation that's going to look at some stuff in the Bible and be like, man, I can't relate to that. He rent his garments. <laughs> what does that mean? Right, what does it look like to carry the presence of God in 2023? We ain't got no cart. Do you carry the presence well? He says, I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. Man, this is every time I come to church. I'm like, ah, can't wait to get in here and worship with you guys. I wonder how many people in here can't wait to get in here and add to the environment to create more energy and more power by coming in and praising God. That's why I was saying Sunday, get over yourself. You don't want to clap for you. Clap for somebody else. Don't be so cool you rob people of the energy that it may take. You might need that, you might be that last little push. Right, you know how somebody beat on the door, bah, bah, it's that last little hit of the pinata. Right, don't come in here and be a selfish worshiper. There's people that walk in this room and it should be full of energy every time. Hungry people. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. The fact that I'm not getting what I do deserve. All the people you didn't hurt. Hey, listen, listen, can we can we just for two minutes stop being the victim? Who you didn't hurt? Who you've mishandled? Who you've cussed out? Who you've broken up with? Who you lied to? Who'd you hit? Right, let's stop being a victim and let's look him in a minute. This is how you can, can come to a place of brokenness. Like, wait a minute. It ain't the government. It ain't the... I've been nasty too. Oh, God. Please 
help my wicked heart. You know, I talk to my kids. Like, there's times I come sideways to my kids too. And just because they're my kids, I can't be like, I'm, I'm your daddy. You catch your kid and you're like, boy, you lying. He's like, no, I'm not, dad. It's right here. And I'm like, you right, my bad. I apologize for coming at you like that. It can't be, well, last time you lied and this time, I, it's just my bad. I apologize. Whether it's your kids, whether it's your employees and you own a business, whether you're ministry leaders and you have people serving under you or with you or for you, and, 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 and here you go. You ready for this? Here's the stuff that God wants. Who have you manipulated and they didn't even know you did it, but you know you did. I'm talking about the secret stuff. That stuff, because he knows our heart. And God's like, oh. I remember I was younger and I went to jail. I went to jail on like the 10th time doing what I didn't get caught for before. The worst thing that could have happened to me is I wasn't held accountable the other nine times. And not necessarily by the cops, but I didn't allow God to correct it, so I had to get, I had to get corrected publicly. <laughs> and that's what the Lord said. You don't deal with it in private. Private ain't in your closet. Private is right here in your heart. If you don't deal with it between God, it's only a matter of time that it will be exposed. That's why God is like, man, just give it to me. I'm, it is not God's will <laughs> that you have to publicly turn around. God wants you to hit a U-turn right in your bedroom. Just, er, just yep, I heard you, Lord. Because that one where you got to come before the church, that one where you got to apologize to the team, that one, God, listen, just because you finally came into a head-on collision in the middle of a four-way stop, I want you to go all the way back and look at when God was trying to deal with that small fox. No, it's not this marriage. It was the, the boyfriend or girlfriend you had when you was test-driving relationship. No, it's not Vancouver. You brought stank from where you came from to Vancouver. And there's some stuff in Vancouver that, 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 that don't get along with what's inside of you. So this is what we do. No, that was your daddy 15 years ago, 30 years ago. And you just, because you didn't deal with it, you pick someone that has some things and now, boom, there's some triggers. What have God been trying to get you to deal with privately that you keep putting off? I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you. How I love. See, we get pop culture in here. Right? You, get, you see how they work together? You can't have a pop culture without being hungry and thirsty. You can't have a pop culture without, without brokenness. Right? 
You can't have a you can't have a lifestyle of praise if you're not a person that lives content. If you're somebody that's always next, next, what's next, what's next? And you could never just be like, thank you, Lord, for today's day. This didn't Jesus tell us to pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. Can today be enough? Can today be enough? Can you go to your bed tonight and say, God, thank you for today. I'll see you tomorrow. Can you just have a car ride home and just say, God, thank you, babe. Babe, God is so good. Mm -mm. We're about to close. We're about to close. Right? The moment. Faith is now. Not in what's going to happen next year. Can you be thankful for today? If you can be thankful for today, you have a better shot at remaining hungry and thirsty for the things of the Lord. Let's lift our hands right where we are. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to make sure we're a church that never loses its hunger and its thirst for the things of God. I want people, when they walk in here, they're like, man, these people really believe this stuff. These people are really grateful. These people are really excited. And I want you to know that one of the biggest pieces of feedback we get at this church is how loved and seen people feel when they come. So thank you that this is a house of loving. Like your testimony really blessed me. Right, I don't know how many people heard Kathy's testimony on, on at the, uh, the family affair, but man, when you hear people saying, man, I found home, that's major. Because we got a lot of orphans out here. But I believe when people come here, there's going to be something that moves in people's hearts that says, I have found, not a church, I found home. I didn't find friends. I found brothers and sisters. And I just believe God brought you here to be a part of creating that place. But not only in this building, but wherever you go, people are going to be like, man, where you get your hope from? Where you get your joy from? And it's cool. You can say love quest. But understand love quest. When you say love quest, you're not talking about the building. You're talking about the person sitting next to you. You're talking about the person you worship with on Sunday. And raise a hallelujah. Can we just for the next 60 seconds, just whatever the Lord has struck in your heart, if we could just lay, lay it here. If it's just Lord, forgive me for, if it's Lord, Holy Spirit, help me be hungry. Help me be thirsty. Holy Spirit, highlight those hidden places in my heart, those blind spots in my heart.
Thank you, Jesus. Well, repeat after me. Say, Lord, here I am. Here's my heart. It is yours. Here's my mind. It is yours. Here's my soul. It is yours. Infuse me with your love in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, help me be grateful, be thankful. Help me see more clearer the goodness of God. Father, you have been faithful, and I am grateful. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. I am co-seated because of your blood. I am co-glorified because of your blood. I am standing here today because of grace. And I will not take grace in vain. But today, I make a choice to live a grateful life, to live a life of praise, to be broken before you, but also confident in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you received anything tonight, give God a hand. Amen. 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 I'm going to give you a couple announcements. Um, We're having baby dedication and baptism on March 26th. So if you want to be baptized, if you are being part of baby dedication, see integration in the back. And also, we already have 32 people signed up for crowns. And I want you to know that is not including directors except one. So if you are a director, do not have the this my church, I don't got to sign up for nothing mentality. If you're going to take crowns, please sign up. What crowns is, it is a 12-week intensive that will, um, this is for people, you know, the word of God that came during the revival week was, it's go time. God's sending you pace setters. Um, Revival is landed. What that means for me is we also have to equip people to steward what God is doing. And so because the supernatural is alive in in our house, because revival has landed, we have to equip people. So for 12 weeks, we are going to dive in in depth to fivefold ministry gifts, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the person of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, this is a call for people who feel a call for ministry, whether in the house or in the marketplace as a king. Okay? We do not want people to sign up if you are not serious about walking this out. This is not a class just to come and be nosy. It is between services on Sundays at 1.30. Is that correct? Or 1? Yeah. Come on, no one knows. All right, 1.30. I'm saying it's at 1.30. It's at 1.30, okay? And it starts March 19th. There will be a tiny fee. Um, It will cover some tiny snacks (laughs) and it will cover, we're looking to get one to two books that will support the content we're giving you. If you want to sign up, go sign up in the back today 
integration with 32 people more than likely we're going to have to set up in here and uh that's our team responsibility also this saturday we will be having the vision casting zoom call for those that are interested no people family or friends in toronto amen so that is 1 p.m eastern standard time which is 10 a.m our time so please make sure you get the word out um it's only a vision casting call we are not about to move to toronto none of that but we are starting the conversation that's too far out to announce this friday say this friday we have a rival game at 8 50. we need you to show up all black ready to roar ready to have fun and uh yeah let's go get this victory and then lastly we are kicking off our youth ministry april 1st um so yeah we hallelujah um we have guests coming from out of town so if if you have friends um now this kickoff we're just saying it is for our youth but because of the nature of it being a concert and things, um, it's the kickoff. You can come out and have fun as well. Um, we have not yet locked down the, the location. Stay tuned, but it is happening April 1st. And so you want to be here, and it's at 6 p.m. We will have all information, final information, on Sunday. Cool? Cool, cool. Give your friend a high five. Your, who's your friend? Your neighbor. Wow, just don't say nothing, just smack. The Lord is good. Tell them something, tell them something. Encourage them, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on Friday. If I don't see you Friday, I will see you on the call Saturday. If I don't see you Saturday on the call, I'll see you Sunday. May the Lord be with you. We are out of time, but we are not out of praise or Jesus. Until the next time, you know what it is? Get your love fixed, man. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuestINTL Church. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love fixed, man. As soon as we walk in the room, everything changed. Everything changed, everything changed as soon as we walk.